welcome to Can I Pull You For A Chat, a podcast where we invite our guests to bring any topic currently capturing their imagination for discussion. I'm your host, Claude, and joining me today is my co-host and sometimes my other half, Eos. Today she might be my other quarter. Hi, Eos, how are you doing? Hi, Glow. Thank you for that lovely welcome. Um, today, I think I am definitely your quarter. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're here, we're living um very happy to be here with you on this journey and we are very happy to welcome our inaugural guest the lovely the incredible the super duper talented and generally fantastic beth y'all can yeah, see hi. her but she's looking real good she does yeah. she's looking like a little english school girl. hello y'all oh my goodness can I ask for some clarification? Are you Gloria's other quarter because she herself is 125% of a person or because you are only 50% of a person? So I'm 75 She's of the person, right? <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. And I'm 125% of No, that's untrue. Okay. See? No, well, the half. Sounds like a miscommunication here. No, it sounds like, okay, so when you have a lover's quarrel, it's just like you take away from the parody of 50-50 and you start like eating into the other percentage, hence so the other quarter. She's 75 and I'm 25% of a person. Okay, okay, there we go. Thank you. Obviously, Which this episode is about math. Yes, okay, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope this gives you listeners an idea of when oh, to expect, what to expect. Uh, I think we will be promoting ourselves like as a discount, literally sal- saloon, and then we'll be like very informative, but there will be lots of tangents. <laughs> so Many that is the vibe we're going for. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, we're just chatting with friends and, you know, we'll see how it goes. So before we get into Beth's topic today, which will be all things astrology, all things uh, personality quizzes, and whether they're helpful, whether they're harmful, we will always want to start our podcast with an icebreaker. And the best icebreaker for this particular topic, I think, would be none other than describing our love language and how that like how how has changed over time if it has let's start with our guest of honor okay all right um my love language and i do love that you're asking this question for this um this episode because it's it it does factor so much into or or it, it falls under the same category i guess of like self categorization and like the um the uh constructions i guess that we have now to kind of categorize ourselves and like form our self-image but i'm just taking a long time to get to the fact that my love language is absolutely words of affirmation um i very much identify with the like tiktok like zillennials like the late 1996 crew that's like not a millennial and not a Gen Zer, and also grew up with like a really difficult like um you know uh a gifted and talented program reject who like is trying to find their way in the world who's obsessed with external <laughs> validation and I think the like best way to get external validation in our world right now like the the most efficient way is with a word of affirmation and so it will always I think it has been my love language for a really long time 
and it's also it, the most cost effective way it That's is from a right perspective it is. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's the easiest to get yeah are you and telling I'm, us that I'm you're cheap <laughs> obey i'm a, you know i had four out of four college birthdays at taco bell <laughs> i have always been a cheap date i'm from kansas we don't know what a rich date is you know so in spite of her english school girl looks today she cheap so <laughs> i'm really fascinated about the interpretation of this look as an english school girl look um, i don't know it's the first thing that came to mind because the podcast to me as well i think it's because like on zoom like it's kind of like uh everything's just kind of like color blocked like it's not as high def whereas in person i'd be like oh she's wearing a turtleneck over yeah. zoom i'm like she has a white collar on you know yeah it looks it's like different. a very uh, like a white collar but before you get the flaps you know Oh, yeah, I'm getting like going to an Oxford library energy, you know. Yeah. I'm obsessed like with that. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm quite literally wearing a like seven dollar Uniqlo white turtleneck <laughs> and a on sale Everlane sweatshirt. So Ooh, I thank do you love both. the Everlane sweatshirt. I was wearing That's one nice. of them today. I was wearing the waffle turtle yeah, today. I'm so oh. Everlane um, high, was a high super cheeky or whatever. The oh my gosh. Oh, all they're right. Their denim dish. is great. Their denim is really great. Yeah, Eveline sponsors. I don't love it. What? A real, I think that it like, like I think that it does not wear well around the midsection. I but agree. I think it's really oh, wide. Yeah, it's it very really baggy. baggy. And I'm like, well, I don't need you to add bulk there. You know, no shame. No I shade. really hear that. But like, I really hear it that. Feels sloppy it's like if i'm paying you to stay tight i need you to stay tight you exactly. can't just like be totally. clocking out it early it stays tight but like fits you then like i would like for that to be actually accurate i'm into that oddly enough there's not a lot of jeans that do that at least not for my body type which shouldn't be Same. very complicated it's pretty straight and you know like i have a butt but like other than that you know it's, it should not be that body. complete it's not that complicated, but now I have the, this Ed Hardy jeans that I got from a thrift store in New York, and they're my favorite jeans ever. They fit everywhere. Gloria, you were walking around in Ed Hardy's. <laughs> okay, if it fits, it fits. Okay. <laughs> Do they have like a tattoo, like tiger, on them? What's the deal? I think that might be Ed Hardy. It's just like some dumbass brand like that, but it. They just figured it out like and you know they made this like 20 30 years ago when like the craze of like the 80s high waist bum jeans was being made because those were fire i wasn't around for them but what i've seen they looked real good i'm obsessed with that i just googled ed hardy jeans just to make sure i had the right picture in my brain and gloria i think you mislabeled yourself okay because i've never seen you with a pair of these in my life but you know what i hope to one day Okay, you've definitely seen me in these jeans. All right, listen, we'll, okay, but we'll not suckle what back. Ed Hardy jeans look like on Google. I have never seen you in. Let's be clear. Ed oh. Hardy is like the like <laughs> swag rock dad brand yes. that the John okay, and Kate plus eight dad wore. What am I thinking of? Then? I don't know what you're thinking of, babe, but it's not this. All I right. want you to be thinking of like Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> like Gloria's straight up talking about this. Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I thought they were Levi's, so they were definitely not Levi's. All right, uh, we'll circle back in episode two about what them jeans are all about. Or maybe at a uh, break, I'll go figure out what these jeans yes. are. Um, but So love languages. I don't mind going next. <laughs> to circle um, back, this circle big old back, tangent. Um, 
Uh, as illustrated just now by the conversation, I would say one of my top, top love languages that I think transcends all the different types of relationships that um, people have, so like romantic or familial or friend or like whatever, is quality time. Um, I love being together and I don't, I don't know. I think maybe like, maybe it's a product of my childhood. Who knows? Like, but I've always just been very, I mean, everything's a product of your childhood, but anyway, um, (laughs) I've always been super, like, it just brings me such joy and rejuvenation to be around, to like be in depth with people or not even necessarily in depth, but just like exist together with people that I enjoy. Um, which is interesting because like I am, I self-identify, you know, as introvert, as per this entire topic today. Um, And so I'm not like the most social person, but quality time to me is like, it's just so heartwarming and soul rejuvenating. Also physical touch, which Gloria does not like, but you know, whatever. I was literally about to say that. I need a hug every now and then. I'm very surprised that it wasn't physical time. Uh, physical touch but I did want to say that it is indeed from your childhood according to four out of five therapists definitely say it's about your childhood <laughs> just like comes recommended so don't need to go further than that but oh, why right. really how would, do you think that there was a time where like physical touch was higher because my experience of you and like love language maybe I noticed physical touch because we i'm always like don't touch me (laughs) i think you notice physical touch so much because you're like make it stop versus you engage with in quality time with me yeah maybe i do get something more from quality time than physical touch i'm just like i just feel like i'm paying taxes all the time (laughs) not out of this you've literally bargained with me beth i don't know if you know this but she has bargained 20 minutes of cuddles with me before like yes i'll like will you make me tea i'll give you 20 minutes of cuddles and my dumbass, i say yes of course that sounds like an even trade to me (laughs) i think 20 minutes i think 20 minutes is an even trade 20 minutes feels right i feel like i'm being shortchanged yeah i think that's right if the tea is made properly, like if you throw in a snack, then like we're talking. <laughs> just, oh my god! Yeah, see, I think if we're sno- throwing in a snack, that should be like you know, like half an hour. Do we have to cook the snack? The- no, you don't have to cook. It's an existing snack. But if Listen, you can make in the immortal s- words of Rihanna, "Pay me what you owe me," and I think that <laughs> that you know is thirty minutes of cuddles. She yeah. really does. But live. to answer your actual question, um, <laughs> I think physical touch is a thing that I'm like I, th- I think it's ebbed and flowed um, and I think it depends a lot on the person um, whereas quality time is like it's just a constant in my life has always been yeah can I ask Eos what your definition of together is That's like in the question. pandemic I knew it was coming have zoom hangouts in the yeah. pandemic been together they're not yeah well Yes, but no. Ideally, no. Um, But, like, on the phone with my friends, I guess, technically, yes. Um, Because that's been, you know, one of the only modes that you could do, right? Um, But I do find myself, like, I think that's one of the reasons why I was, like, it's been harder to maintain, like, smaller, or not smaller, but, like, a multitude of relationships, right? Is because, like the fatigue of all the screens and stuff and only existing with people on like um through a phone or something um and the quality time 
um, is rejuvenating, but at a certain point it becomes like work and it's not so much, you know, with, with too much, too many people trying to spread yourself too thin. Um, so I think that like I've adapted to including quality time as like zoom stuff. Um, but I would much prefer to like be with a person because then it doesn't have to be so focused on talking and it can be more focused on just being and if you happen to like have a, a deep discussion that's great but like also if you're just doing a puzzle together or if you're just sitting on the tv watching sitting on the couch watching like succession together um you know that's like that to me like quality time is more than just talking with people which i think is just what it becomes on virtual relationships mm. that is One. so fair We've got to have an episode on succession. (laughs) That's my takeaway. But also, I was wondering if you think part of um, why your relationship to quality time over Zoom versus IRL would be because, like, the fact that you're scheduling something over, like, this medium immediately makes it work or makes it makes it so that you have to fill now this time and there's only like one medium of filling it which you alluded to which is like we talk yeah um i think that factors into it i think that might be a discussion for another day though gloria what is your love language (laughs) um okay so my it's i've always it's always been different was i've always thought it was different but i think i was really just taking the quizzes incorrectly where like subconsciously I was like trying to like match myself to like what I think it should be or what this little experience but I don't know I think it's come down to definitely being more um of uh what is it is acts of service that's what it's called (laughs) I I was confusing that with words but acts of service which I think that broadly is applicable to most of my relationships even though in certain relationships i would like flex more you guys would be very surprised but i have become a physical touch person in some relationships (laughs) i i know so but broadly um, for our listeners who can't see my face um our listeners of which you are like you are many i know um (laughs) our army our our navy our beehive um I I have noticed that physical touch has entered your top three, shall we say, for a certain relationship at least. And and you do um, not sound bitter, not no, one bit. <laughs> I am not bitter at all, and I do not consistently voice my thoughts on this because obviously I have no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm, you should write me a letter. <laughs> Just- write me a letter but yeah I think and to one of the things is like I think Beth has pointed it out which is that your girl loves receipts so I think for me words of affirmations only go so far but I think that I am more I tend to place more value on than what you do about say affection as opposed to I've been told of the affection absolutely I mean you just saying just now that you would bargain the the cuddle time but first 
<laughs> your love language has to be spoke. You have to make me tea, right? Like so, you then show we're both getting something out of it. <laughs> yeah, make those actions speak, and actions. Yeah, you know, it, it makes sense to you. Actions speak louder than words. To me, words give me an excess of them. I don't <laughs> give one shit if you mean them. Tell me that I am great and beautiful, and don't even believe it because um. it will boost me in the way that I need. But no, I think there's something really, um, like how much is worth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, there's something so like honest about. I, I feel like to be spoken to in the acts of service, love language must make that love language, or must make that relationship so honest. Like I feel like there's like a really a way that that one shows like the real authentic nature of the relationship. Yeah. And my therapist would say that you keep putting people through hoops to see if they're worth it. I was just about uh, to therapist say, might say, is it too early to mention, Gloria, where do you get these trust issues? I was like, about oh my intentions. God. The fifth therapist might say, just a question, asking for a friend. But anyway, I think that's enough of that section before we start self-therapizing. Before we start? Have we not started? Okay, before we further self-therapize. We're I constantly we'll... self-therapizing. Fair that's enough. Accurate. All right. Before the next session, maybe? Yes. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And circle back. Yeah. We'll take this, take some homework, ruminate on it, and then we'll be back with the next session. Where we'll be sure to the word ruminate comes from the cow's rumen, which is one of their four stomachs. Oh, cow facts from Eos, yes. <laughs> I'm never gonna get this to a break. <laughs> I'm actually not gonna look that up. I'm just gonna just say it with my chest. Um and again, discount literally saloon right here. Exactly. This could fall in that bucket. I'm just like it sounds about right, but we okay. won't check. <laughs> I feel All like right. the ancient Greeks would have something to say about it. You know what? Yeah. I'll look it up. Mm. All right. Go All right. Ahead. Take us to Eos, break. Yeah, she's going to look that up during the break, and we'll be right back to discuss astrology, personality types, all everything under the sun. Welcome back to Can I Pull You for a Chat. We're now entering our main section. Section. Wow, really this therapy thing is tripping me up. But our main section with Beth, who brought us a wonderful topic today on astrology and personality types. So let her give our readers uh, why the topic, a brief overview, and anything that would be helpful before we get into the meat of the convo. Beth, take it away. Yeah, so I thought it would be really interesting to talk with y'all about kind of the artificial but not artificial but structured ways that we have access to um, self-identification and self-determination today. Um, We're calling it New Age Religion because there is a lot of discourse today about whether, um, you know, astrology is the religion for those who are shunned by, like, tradition Western religion, and I'm really interested in talking to you guys about that too. But um, mostly, 
I am fascinated by the idea of um, kind of the personality test and the um, self-determination via, um, you know, sitting in front of a computer, sitting on your phone, like at a sleepover um, with all your girlfriends and figuring out, you know, are you a summer? Are you a fall? Are you a winter? Are you a spring? You know, or are you, um, you know, which twilight man are you more compatible with and then so like that's the kind of personality test that I was um exposed to early in my childhood and then I started like realizing that I I've heard about the Myers-Briggs test and how it's like the most accurate scare quotes um personality test you'll ever take and it'll tell you all this about yourself and like um all of the kind of possibilities of what or like it it kind of became this new possibility of what a personality test could be um and then um in the pandemic in my like existential hole searching for meaning stuck in a job that i despised um i found this astrology tiktoker who was not only like predicting like every twist and turn of the 2020 election with terrifying accuracy but also telling you how to understand your astrological chart um and uh came to understand astrology as perhaps a more um grounded iteration of that like personality test like put yourself in a box kind of thing um and and i i also feel like i'm i'm talking about these things as if they're negative like um they they just kind of um corner you into being one way but um i'm really they have been like a personality test and like understanding my astrological chart have been uh, really helpful in my search for self-image um, and I'm really interested I know before this record we all took our Myers-Briggs test we all took our Enneagram um, and together in the same room uh, over the pandemic we've all pulled our astrology charts so I'm interested to hear kind of what your types are in all those three things and um, what uh, what they mean to you Um, and kind of discuss what possible meanings they could have for people what are their possible downfalls where are they strong in helping us out um yeah thank you for that lovely intro and a little trip through childhood um um i yeah as you said um we went through and did all the different quizzes and stuff um, and I am a solid, I believe this in like the, the core of my being, um, that I am an INFJ, um, Myers-Briggs, which is the advocate, everybody. Um, and the first time I did Myers-Briggs, like much like you was exposed to Myers-Briggs, I think in college. Um, and when I first came across it, I was like, Ooh, so cool. Like this will tell me about me. And then I won't have to question. That's great. Um, no thought done by me. Um, but the first time I did it, I did it. I think I did it wrong in that I didn't understand that you have to take these like quizzes fast and such. Um, and so the first one I got was I think it was INFP, which was the mediator. And I was like, some of it was on the mark and some of it just wasn't. And I was like, mm, this doesn't really like gel in my soul, but like 
maybe like it's pretty accurate like that's cool so I was like all right and then I retook it a while later after learning that you're supposed to do it quickly and that's when I got INFJ and I was like oh my god this stuff is the real deal like this is the good stuff because I the like the difference that I felt from having done it wrong and gotten one personality and then doing it quote unquote right and getting this INFJ personality and like feeling in my bones that the words that they had written just resonated. Um, and I think that that gave me like an extra sense of buy-in um, to the like the Myers Briggs in particular. Um, and now I will I like I gladly. Like, you know, I, I truly self-identify there. Like, I'm I'm in. All right. Uh, they should sponsor you. <laughs> like, Maya Zabreya's Comfort should be, like, on a bottle or something. Yeah, I'm a no. testimonial, aren't I? Yeah, you really are. They're just like, our clients say, and then it would just have your face <laughs> and all the on the bits. Uh, but I think, I think that on my end, I came to this world of... Um, self-determination by BuzzFeed quiz. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So this world Retweet. of... Uh, yeah. But I also really, like, my, my Myers-Briggs has always been the same. But, of course, like, part of that is the wondering of, like, oh, I got the first one. I liked it. It resonated. Do I consistently keep picking the same things? So it's been interesting to see how I've changed through it. Like, the numbers keep shift, but the overall don't change and I am an ENTJ um, the commander uh, but what was very interesting about it is how I reacted to like different sections so like what some of the qualities just looking at the website like broadly um, some of the weaknesses they're like intolerant they're stubborn and dominant impatient I'm definitely impatient so that's very true <laughs> And then there is like poor handling of emotions, cold and ruthless. And I feel like some of the, this, obviously, you're like, no one wants to be told. And it's like, mm, we think you're just cold and ruthless. <laughs> Good all. <laughs> However, what, what was very interesting is to see what parts I picked to like strongly identify with other parts to be like, mm, here's like a bunch of other examples where I actually did this differently. Mm hmm. So I, and I think that's been like the healthiest way to relate to this, to be like, oh, there's a little bit of that in me, but not necessarily as much as is described on this page right now. And how can I work around it? And I think once I shifted through that perspective, as opposed to like mm, pick or reject, like take or reject pile, I think that relationship ended up being a little better. So I'm curious if any of you uh, have had one or one aspect of your personality test and Beth you should tell us what yours is as well uh that has been you'd be like oh that one is definitely me I didn't even know this about myself but they just articulated it so well or that one was just like oh they're just wrong oh absolutely um so I will say uh I used to be a proud just like scream it from the rooftops INFP um, which EO said is the, the mediator. Um, the 16 personalities character is this like little woman with like a veil Flowers. over her head and like a flower crown. Yeah, she's yeah, so cute. Veil? I have no idea. Well, because all of the like famous versions of INFPs are like, like 
ancient poets. Like it's like Virginia Woolf and Homer. Not the famous versions. Oh well, listen, listen. (laughs) Which which made sense with the veil somehow in my brain. (laughs) Totally, totally, definitely. Eos with her background in Greek art. Um, (laughs) No, but so like when I was in high school and like took this test for the first time, I was like, oh my god, it just affirmed so much of what I thought was like quiet poet like misunderstood you know I I was like such a I was kind of like the sneaky emo in high school where like I wasn't like I didn't go to wet seal and like do my eyeliner really heavy but I did like think that I was different from other girls right um and then (laughs) right exactly and then when I went to college and you know came to understand that that is kind of a ridiculous way to be living your life and also (laughs) that the the quietness in me was this kind of like repression of of true self because of the values I was brought up around um here we go self-therapizing again um I kind of became very different from that INFP but because you know I had such a strong identification with it to the begin at the beginning I was like so you know obsessed with maintaining it and and would still like call myself that um my second date with my partner actually we said we did like say your Myers-Briggs on three at the same time and babe we were both INFPs and it was like (laughs) how are we gonna have this relationship if we're both INFPs like are we just gonna cry in rooms together (laughs) no you'd be crying in H Mart together oh Oh, baby me and Michelle Zauner absolutely (laughs) and honestly like our first part of our relationship was just a lot of crying in the same room together um Mm. don't don't tell I told you but um now only broadcast it for right exactly for millions to hear yeah um, my uh, Myers-Briggs now is I-S-T, uh, I-S-F-J, sorry, I-S-F-J, um, The Defender, um, which honestly, now that I think I have come into myself a little bit more, that I like know more of the world, that I know more of myself, um, the, it, it really does, it resonates more. But it's like, I even as I was having, like, displaying ISFJ qualities, I was calling myself an INFP, you know? So, like, what, what the, the like, INFP type and description um, was so important to me when I first discovered it. But then, like, I, I wonder, like, I asked myself the question of, like, did it continue to like hinder me you know like was was saying that I was this like like quiet misunderstood poet like kind of a bump in the road along my way to being uh what the 16 personalities uh website calls the defender protector supporter nurturer sentinel guardian um Right? I love the word sentinel. That's such great marketing. The sentinel guardian. I know. Right? It's just a character. I was literally about to say that. (laughs) Just like, ooh, coming to a Disney Plus next to you. Oh my god. Sentinel Sentinel is the little half Asian girl who helps out (laughs) Shang-Chi. That's me. Uh, you can help him out on Selling Sunset. I told you all he was on Selling Sunset, right? it's It's from Transformers. 
Sentinel Prime. That's what it's from. You know this? Why I don't do know I if I have this? respect for you anymore. I'm shocked that you know that. Yeah, I'm like shook at Wait, Maybe can we I should edit that really... out. Should we edit that out? How <laughs> dare you? You're like well, tanking our street cred that we're barely building, maintaining <laughs> right now. Just, just like Sentinel Prime, really? All right. Okay. <laughs> I do have a question about Selling Sunset that I really <laughs> hope we've created. I need this to be a judgmentless space. Um, it's wait, no, the scripted. Are also in Marvel. Sorry, I'm what? so sorry. I'm so sorry. Is Please it? Continue. Is it script? Wait. Okay. What did you just say? The Transformers That's- are in the MCU. <laughs> no. Uh, no. There's that uh, there in the Marvel. No. The- there's the sentinels are in the marvel <laughs> universe um uh but there's also um sentinels in the transformers universe there are different oh. there are different beings but who are the they in the marvel universe um aliases the hunters and the latviathans so the uh, kevin feige what? has not introduced them yet okay no feige also, give I us the sentinels <laughs> we know feige right. will be listening <laughs> I to this in the x-men universe oh, yeah. This is a direct message to Kevin Feige. <laughs> Give us the Sentinels. Make them half Asian women. Thank yeah. you. Yes, played by ScarJo, please. <laughs> half Asian <laughs> ScarJo. Marvel would though. Marvel you absolutely it was would. Just serious face. I was just like oh. reviving Black Widow to be. I'm just like yeah. I was like I don't see. No, just you no one comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> just like the end okay sorry beth your question is wait yes, eventually I'm so y'all no 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 no. yeah what was I'm... your question you were saying something <laughs> <laughs> so oh about selling sunset yes, yes. About selling sunset. um is it just as unrelated <laughs> so let's keep going simu lu is on it simu lu is on it yes because yeah. it's scripted or was no. he trying to be sold so, like were they trying to sell him a house is it yeah, like a real estate show him a house yeah yeah they were trying to sell him a house there's also like some basketball player in the nba on it so the, sometimes they have like people you kind of recognize mm-hmm. and i don't know this with any fact but i am thinking in my disillusioned capitalist brain that if somebody of like any recognizable name goes on it when they do get the house there's like a pretty huge discount which you've like you've already paid with your appearance that would be my understanding but also i don't have faith in any humanity and especially not in selling sunset (laughs) no but i (laughs) have such faith in him I mean, he was fine in it. He was just, like, there buying a house, whatever. And it was before, like, the, I think, the release. So maybe after, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. He I and Crochelle. I mean, I'd like, uh, most of the women of Selling Sunset definitely seem like they've been through shit. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, there's, like, they live, like, utterly ridiculous lives. Uh, truly, I was like, do any of you work? Like, when I see that, like, what they show on the show, I was like, there's no way that's a functional office. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> but then you go, like, points away, I'm like, I cannot believe people, these people, like, are making sa- this commission on this house. And then you ca- get points where Chriselle goes, like, I'm so happy to be buying my own house because it was not too long ago that me and my family were sleeping in the car. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you do have a background story. 
Damn. Fascinating. Okay, I appreciate this. I was really confused as to whether it was a scripted show or not. Like a, a sitcom about real estate <laughs> rather than... Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so glad Simu Lu is getting like to work. Sick. Genuine confusion. <laughs> like, my man has to pay the bills. I understand him working on the sitcom. A sitcom about real estate. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love it. I'm here for it. Okay. So let's get back on track, kind of, where, so we've, like, I think we've, like, kind of talked about how generally, at least we see some of these personality types, and uh, I would say it broadly applies to astrology, where we have it seeing the value in it as giving us or giving people more vocabulary for, like, themselves and the way the emotions they're experiencing. What I'm curious about is what we think or what you guys think about it broadly on a societal level. Like you alluded to this being called like new religion for like the people left behind, for millennials specifically. There's actually a really good book on that. I've only read the reviews and the interviews, but it's called Strange Rights, New Religions for a Godless World by Tara Isabella Barton. And uh, what she is, that's what exactly what she's proposing, the things like astrology, things like yoga, and like even goes so far as to like very like hyper like activism to the right wing to soul cycle, uh, like aspects of this a la carte form of religion of like you pick and choose what works for you. I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, do you agree with that thesis and B, <laughs> If so, is it helpful? Is it harming us broadly as a society? So I personally am so fascinated by that idea, by by um, the idea that astrology specifically, and I do see astrology as something very different than um, like a Myers-Briggs personality test because like awesome. it's something that like, you can't control like your astrological chart is truly based on the time and location and um therefore the alignment of the heavenly bodies at the moment you're born um and and you it it doesn't have the fallibility of like oh was i taking this quiz too slow did i overthink this one question like did something like did it doesn't have that kind of um mutability fallibility um component to it and and i'm so interested in i'm so interested that people right now think that people are treating it like a religion um that like the oh gosh and how do i say like the like a western understanding of a school of thought right now doesn't really like we don't have the vocabulary to talk about a school of thought in a way that's not like religious you know yeah and and so like yeah maybe i um you know don't 
sign or make contracts or like big agreements when mercury is in retrograde and like i'm not making contracts or signing agreements like anyway but like (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's something you're not supposed to do when mercury is in retrograde because it's like a bad time for that it's like inauspicious like um it, it is like astrology guiding behavior but i think it's really interesting that there are all these articles coming out that are like ah this is religion for young people right now when like it's not that i it's not that there's this like belief that the heavenly bodies like guide me um it's more like the world is so structureless the world is so terrifying um the just the world around us lacks the kind of guidance and if this school of thought is going to present that guidance i welcome that you know Mm. so like i'm not uh, astrology is not my religion but i think astrology is kind of like my tiktoker (laughs) says that it's like the weather right you look at an app to see the weather for the day and the weather um guides you on if you have to bring an umbrella or if you have to wear boots instead of sandals, you know? And and we don't call the weather our religion. It's just kind of guiding principles and tools to go live our life, you know? Um, but that's not to say that it's not a really useful way to think about that right now, you know? Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you think would be like the big difference between um like but between what you would consider like the traditional definition your definition of like what a religion is like what would fall into that bucket versus like where something like astrology is or like uh, like a dedicated yoga practice like that what would be the main differentiating factor there i think to me it can't be a religion as we conceive of it because there's no like there doesn't have to be um an authoritative body which administers it right and like that's just my extremely small worlded like western deeply uneducated perspective of like what western religion is or like what like religion means you know i was like raised catholic but like the the largest piece of catholicism is like this large um governing central body of the religion who administers it and is kind of like in control of its interpretation right of like the the like important works and tenets and like thoughts of that but astrology to me seems like it's something that with a medium amount of interest and a small amount of intellect you can kind of (laughs) sorry you guys just started laughing you can kind of figure out for yourself you must not be describing yourself when you say that oh no listen 
it it needs we have a to reputation be, to help kids. It appeals to my smooth, smooth, sweet brain. You know, she we keep her we keep her ironed out up there. My little brains. Um, I'm a, I'm partial to a steam on myself. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but so like if you kind of know um, if you have just like a little bit of interest in it, you can kind of feel it out just like you can you can check an app on your phone for it just like you can check an app on the weather for it or you can be a storm chaser and like buy the fancy truck that like sticks spikes down into the ground um and you know do a fancy astrology course um and get to know the ins and outs you know your the, that analogy was exceptional first of all oh my god also- thank you so your midwestern really came out there with storm chasers and tornadoes and stuff <laughs> That was an like, analogy. Well, I would have Did y'all not have those? <laughs> no. <laughs> was there not like one really weird uh, no. kid's dad at your school who like had a storm chasing man? I didn't even no. know tornado drills existed until I was in Dallas for that one year, and I remember this weird alarm went off, and everybody started doing something. And I was oh like, my god! Because I was in a school, and I was like, for our listeners, um, I was in a school. <laughs> And I was like, what is going on? And my assistant at the time was like, yes, come on. Haven't you ever done this? And I was like, why would I? What is this? God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so weird. The person was fully getting a mattress to put over the bathtub. It's all about getting the mattress over the bathtub. (laughs) The girl who knows that in a tornado. If you know, you know. You put the the mattress over the bathtub. Because when. So. Ideally, you go down to a basement. And this is a PSA, but also just Google what to do in a tornado, okay? Don't take this advice from me. Um, if you're currently stranded in a tornado listening to us. Just Google it. But also do exactly Google. as I say, which is go to a basement. You're supposed to go to a basement. You're supposed to get like, you know, you're supposed to have like a, a go bag, right? Of like water and food and socks and stuff. And, and you go to your basement. But if you don't have a basement, because not everybody has a basement. Um, if you don't have a basement, you take a mattress off of a bathtub. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you take a mattress off your bed and you get in the bathtub. Take it from where you regularly keep it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. In Kansas, all the beds are on top of that. Easy access. The kids get ready for school so fast. And so what it does is, like, it protects you from any falling debris. If your house were to get damaged by a, st- it would protect you. You just like stay safe in the bathtub while the things would fall on top of the mattress. Allegedly, but why is that area so strategically important? Because like, it, wouldn't it be? I know for earthquakes, right? It's a doorway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I remember that from California. Um, totally. So like, why not the same thing in a tornado? I think because a tornado can go like where the the earthquake. Like the earthquake shake things and things fall down, whereas the t- tornado things will fly up. Will you yeah exactly the room and yeah kill you and you will die okay right theoretically a tornado can go straight through a home right like down yes. the middle of a home where an earthquake is just gonna like disrupt everything within it Got so it. like debris that's not directly above you is still like a risk to hit you in a tornado. Got it, and hence the bathtub is a great place to be. Exactly. Um, sorry, you were saying astrology, uh, Beth? Is it a religion? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I would love y'all's take on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, what so do you- actual thoughts on what you just said. I really liked the analogy about um, weather forecasting because I'd never thought of it in that way. I think when I heard the kind of the taglines, right, about like astrology being the new, um, you know, zillennial or millennial religion, <clears throat> I think I kind of accepted it a little bit as like, oh, that's an apt description. Um but now that you explain that, I th- I'm thinking a little more critically about it. And I think that part of the, like how it's so um, self, like it's so elective, right? Astrology, like you can, you can really take pieces that you want and everything, which I think, and tailor it to yourself. And it's so individualized. I think that that's, I'm trying to think of all the religions I can think of, right? And that's not really a component. The whole component of religions is it's unifying in that there's some sort of, um, uh, there's, there's tenets, right? And there's like, there's some sort of uh, content that you agree upon. That yes, you all follow exactly. And that you choose to adhere to and that you have faith in, right? So like, you don't need proof necessarily, but you, be- you choose to believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's similar to astrology in that like you're choosing to believe it. So you're having, you're, there is a certain level of faith there. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that's enough now that I'm actually thinking about it to describe it more as a religion. I like your weather forecasting. Thank you. I And again, I, I have to tag uh, my, my TikToker. I do forget her name right now, but maybe we'll put her in the description. Yes, cut um, in the description. It's so interesting what you say about how individual it is because it's so true. The rising signs change every 15 minutes. 15 um, and minutes. so even if you're like, if two babies are being born at a hospital, like the difference of one or two minutes between like the births of two children could mean that they have completely different astrology. Um, And so you're totally right. It is like extremely individual. There are very few central, like binding agreed upon pieces. I don't know. What do you think, Glow? Because you sent, you were the one who sent me that um, article first and and got me thinking about it. And I so appreciate that, babe. I mean, I w- so I'm of two minds where it, on one hand I do think that it doesn't model itself very well against what we have as religion by religion I mean like western religion so you think Catholicism you think uh, Protestants this that and the other like I don't think it maps up quite well or like even Islam given like no like there's no like the same center mm-hmm. of tenants there's no central organizing body However, I do really think it still has like, a good amount of things that, that I associate with religion. I think there's a, a huge community aspect to it where mm. like everybody is like a whole like bought into it. Like there's a good amount of difference. And so like I think there's a good aspect of community, which I associate with like organized religion. I also think that another aspect that it might share with uh, religion is um while there aren't there isn't a quran for instance for astrology but there is certain like they're just not codified yet there are certain agreed upon things like you mentioned like decisions like when mercury is in retrograde like that's a it's not written down somewhere necessarily that everybody's bought into it but most of the people who like have a good amount of faith in astrology would be like 
bought into that to some extent. That's fascinating that it's kind of like an oral tradition. That it's yeah. like not quite. I mean, I'm, not, I'm also sure it's codified somewhere. I just don't have the book. But like, yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. That right now it's just word of mouth how people get it. Which yeah, is actually uh, much more like old school religion, actually. Yeah, yeah like real like, religion. Yeah, like yeah. Exactly. Also, like be pre-Catholicism, those kinds of religion. I feel like that's how the like those practices were meant and. Mm-hmm. Another example that was used in addition to astrology, which I think brings it closer, is like something like people will practice yoga to a certain degree. That does actually, depending on what lineage you practice, does have like codified uh, like practices like in um, like um, Ashtanga practice. Uh, no, well, in the spiritual practice of like a one line of yoga, which the name is literally blanking right now, which is very sad as a yoga teacher, but you have like yamas and niyamas and those are like guidances on like how you should like behave. And one is, yeah, like it's very similar to like Bible Testaments or, and something like that. But even then like people choose and pick how they practice yoga. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, that I don't think it mirrors Western religion, but I think it's closer. It's like a more spiritual practice than your routine of going to the gym, for instance. Like it's spiritual, but not religious as we understand Mm. it in the West. (laughs) I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I would also ask, like going back to, um, I think it was you, Gloria, you were asking, and then Beth, you touched on it also, but about how... um, uh oh my god it left my brain hold on well i can't have you ruminate on that (laughs) 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 i've been keeping it in my brain because i wanted to bring it back to this um but i'm i'm blanking one second okay while she blanks i did want to say something else that actually came to my brain maybe it left your brain to my brain was um a trait of astrology and all these other practices that we're talking about is the when that people turn to them. Beth, you mentioned like when you got really into it, it was like people tend to turn to them in a time of need or like to like, so, and I think that's similar to like religion that more people would tend to like be more, pay more attention to their religious practices if they're like casual, casually religious when times are tough, when they need some guidance. So I think that's another like characteristic that all these new practices would share with what we associate with traditional religion in the West. That is so fair. That's such a good point. An excellent point that jogged my brain into what I was going (laughs) to say. My trainer, baby. (laughs) Yeah, we're juggling the marble, aren't we? Um, What I was going to say was, um, Beth, you mentioned how we have no vocabulary um, to describe uh, astrology outside of religion to a certain extent. Like, it's a school of thought, or not necessarily a school of thought, right? But, like, it's a philosophy to a certain extent. It's, um, like, a practice. And there's no... Like, another... Like, you mentioned storm chasers and weather forecasters, right? Like... I was thinking before Gloria made that lovely point about turning in times of um, uncertainty was like political um, 
like affiliation, like to a certain extent shares like a similar level of like that community that you spoke about earlier, Gloria, and like um, support, shared ideology or like shared like buy-in of some sort. Um, and that just, rem that, that made me think like what other ways in which, like what other ways could we describe it? Like leaving behind the religious terminology. Um, and are we just at it? Like, do we just have a deficit of, like, like, I, I feel like has uh, in other times, like, have there been times where you could subscribe to a school of thought that wasn't religious? That's so interesting. That's such a good point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, have those existed? I mean, I guess like, well, go ahead. You look like you're about to say something. No, that's okay. There's also like a fire truck going by and I'm very sorry about that. Okay. I'm just trying to think of like schools of thought of philosophy that you kind of practice that aren't necessarily religious. What's coming to mind is like different academic approaches, um, mm -hmm. different like mm -hmm. political organizations, um, different nihilism. <laughs> yeah, nihilism. <laughs> right, like literary, like yeah. literary trends and like like literary philosophies. Exactly, it's pretty interesting. What you say about political affiliation is fascinating, um, because you're so right that it, it has like most of the the aspects that Gloria is and talking don't you about. Forget, Nancy Pelosi is our high priestess. <laughs> oh my God, we're doomed. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> um, Nancy, sponsor us. Fascinating questions that I don't have exact answers to, but I do want. I think they're very, they're like really good questions to like to think about, and they complicate the idea of like if well if so many of these things have the same traits that we mentioned, then what ends up being a religion like where do we like where do we start to, because mostly i want to be a 501c3 organization <laughs> like i don't want yes. to pay the taxes let's so. not pay taxes <laughs> so basically if we can make this case i feel like i'm merrily on my way to living tax-free i'm obsessed with that for you i love that but it's similar to like as you were saying earlier about like um more uh like less organized at the you know global level religions like if you think of all the like the sun gods that exist throughout the world right like based mm. on the movement like religions based on the movement of heavenly bodies or like the way in like waterfalls existing and that sort of thing or you know just kind of like things that you can't explain explain the natural process for and therefore you derive meaning or you give it like some sort of um sentience um, like, I feel like that is quite similar, actually, to this modern practice of astrology, right? Because the bodies are moving and we're deriving meaning from that. And I mean, if Mer Mercury is re in retrograde, like, and therefore we can't do a thing or we shouldn't do some sort of thing, it's not necessarily ascribing sentience to Mercury being in retrograde, but there's some sort of power there. Some right. Sort of, like, You're giving... Entity. Mercury agency. It yeah. Like Mercury agency, right, which is not sentience necessarily, but approaching. Oh, wow. Fascinating, y'all. Fascinating. I'm so I, into I, that. I feel, I'm, yeah. feeling, I'm feeling very educated right now. <laughs> I know. Oh. 
Um, okay, so actually, I want to slowly like wrap us up um, and just get some thoughts on like this general trends towards unreality. And I say trends towards unreality because um, I read this article by your girl uh, Julie Beck. It's called the New Age of Astrology. Do you know? But one of the things that she pointed out was a trending towards unreality, which. Um, uh, means really well, what is born from is from my report in 2016 by J. Walter Thompson's intelligence group, where uh, that we're increasingly turning to unreality as a form of escape and a way of, of to search for other ideas of freedom, truth and meaning. And, you know, that we would include this form of new age religions, and I use the words religion loosely given our conversation. So what I want to hear from you is whether we think this is like a net positive for society or net negative for society. You know, you will be wrong, but, you know, we'll give it a go. Oh, yes. I'm here years. to be so <laughs> wrong. I'm here to be so deeply wrong. Um, I think... I think what makes people feel like they live with meaning, they choose with meaning, um, you know, they um, are able to go about their day with not with with meaning and also like choice making agency, I guess, is a good thing, you know. To, to feel like you're making an informed decision about what you're doing in your day, um, taking every single bit of information available to you um, is a good thing, right? And I think, I'm, I'm really interested actually in the definition of unreality there, Gloria. Does, does Julie provide that? She does not at least not in the excerpt that I have right now but it's very possible that if I reread the entire article again I might find it for but sure I- for sure no and and it's not that important because I think I'm like at a time in my life right now where I'm like if it's real to you then it's real and like I don't and actually, as that's coming out of my mouth, I realize extremely damaging implications of that, right? <laughs> like, ext- like, you know, Hillary Clinton eats babies, like, extremely damaging <laughs> yeah. implications. Um, okay. I might have something that will help clarify. Oh, please. Thank you. Okay. So what she says is, what emerges is an appreciation for magic, spirituality, the knowingly unreal. So which knowingly unreal, I think, is the helpful part there. And the intangible aspects of our lives that defy big data and the ultra transparency of the web. Oh, see, that I'm so into. That I only think, like, giving into something that's not spat out of an algorithm, that's not fed to you by, like, a white man in a big office in silicon valley i'm so into learning more about that and trusting that and using that like using that to the extent that you can in your daily life don't we think that like the astrological charts and stuff like to a certain extent that is an algorithm um but obviously not (laughs) obviously not the type that we're talking about (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
I think Beth said all of that so well. I have very little to add. I agree that if it's not like it's not harmful. I think so many religions are harmful, especially to others, to whoever is other to them. Um, I mean, I have a in, immense distrust of organized religion to begin with, um, and a generally pretty negative opinion. Um, but that aside, I think that it like no person who believes in astrology has ever like you know persecuted me for not believing in astrology or something like at the Catholic Church. Um, so I think that it is harmless. In fact, it's probably one of the most harmless, like, philosophies to live by, um, because it's so individual. And it's so just like, about bettering yourself. Um, it's pretty altruistic in that sense. And I think that it's like, I, I, I yeah, I, I think that it's not harmful in that way. I do think, however, going too far down a rabbit hole such as astrology like you can give up your agency rather than finding agency from it um and become uh, a ha, passive ha, ha, ha. and become a passive player um in the relationship and allow yourself to be dictated by you know whatever your chart says that day um but i think there's a lot of safeguards against that within astrology itself, because it's all about like how things change and how things are individual for a person. Um, so I think that, and it, everything's written so like vague enough, right? And this is across other personality tests as well. Everything is written vague enough that you can, you have to interpret yourself into it. Like you have to do some part of like, oh, this resonates with me somehow. Um, so I think that it's got a relatively good safeguard against people just becoming a passive player in it and letting it dictate their lives. Um, but I think that that would be the worry for me um, if people were to go too far in it. Okay, so I think I have something that might complicate this, but I did want to say that primarily I agree on some points on especially the aspect of bettering themselves, but also the aspect of giving a community, which you alluded to, yes, giving community to groups of people who are previously shunned from the institutions of community that are primarily religious, right? Like you couldn't be a queer person, you aren't welcomed in the Catholic church and kind of still aren't. But like having like a new space that is spiritual, that does have, has a lot of those shared elements, but is inclusive. So I think there is like such a huge benefit to that. What I am curious about is like everything, the like underbelly, <laughs> like the fueling, the, the, the fact that a good amount of this is fueled by like capitalism, wherein, oh, like you know, like this crystals, you don't want this practice, you into astrology, oh, here's a $2,000 course. Or from like an aspect of like, if you are the, dedicated yoga practitioner or you want a good teacher you want to like deepen your practice classes are two hundred dollars a month so like i'm curious about like that the commercialization and like access pov because like one of the things that you will say like obviously like churches like they will take money from you you give tests but generally you don't have to pay to go into a church like so i'm uh, i'm curious about like the little capitalism feeders <laughs> on uh, this uh rather positive that gives me actually more similarities to a church of scientology oh no you have to buy your way into it 
Um, sure. But uh, I think they're clearly very different. Um, but I think that, like, right, capitalism takes advantage of everything. Um, but I think that's a really good point. I had a thought. It left my brain. Um, Beth, you go. Yeah, well, I just want to thank you. troubling thoughts from Eos here. <laughs> I just want to thank you uh, personally, Gloria, for uh, flaming me uh, for that. <laughs> It was absolutely not $2,500 astrology course I almost took. (laughs) I was really, really marketed too. Um, No, but I I mean, what Eo said is that, you know, capitalism will eat everything up, even the things that come into this world as well-meaning, you know? Like, just the fact that we live in a super capitalist world, um means that i think really anything is susceptible to that um i don't think there's a single like um interest um you know thought um like school of thought that you can't get like a slogan t-shirt for you know like you can get a a karl marx tea on Redbubble. You know? First of all, get one of those. They're real cute, though. He's so cute. His little beard. I love him. And not not just Redbubble. You can get it on Amazon. Like, I promise you, you can go on Amazon and be like, Karl Marx t-shirt. Karl Marx coffee mug. You know? Uh, I know so many memes that I need to send you. I completely forgot about this. I've been ignoring you in a certain, like, meme culture distribution that I've been doing. Oh, my God, Okay, adding to list. Yeah. Add me to list. Okay, but yeah, yeah. That, I think... Um, I, I don't want to discount what a good point that is because it's so true that like um, because people I think are turning to this at a time of need at a time of a time of vulnerability like people know that they're able to take advantage of that um, and that is absolutely like a, a danger but it's also like I think that's just kind of about being media literate today, you know, like being able to see through um, the Instagram ad that promises to sell you this lifestyle when in reality they are trying to sell you, you know, a a $40 package of like um, unethically mined crystals, you know, like I I think it's about, yeah, exactly. Right, right. And I, I, I just think it's about awareness, which is slightly, like, a slightly different conversation to me, though deeply, like, interlinked. I think that one of, um, I mean, I'm still, like, wary, like, even though, like, I commend a number of these practices for broadening, for inclusivity, I am like consistently worried about like a higher barrier to access the farther along they go Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like i mean i'm not gonna fix capitalism in one go (laughs) today (laughs) maybe stay tuned that is next episode that's like (laughs) one of your like big three goals of this podcast right yeah (laughs) by the end of this we shall have fixed capitalism fix capitalism Uh, but also like get endorsements right yeah um yeah that's that's my main goal but also benefit from it yeah yeah <laughs> as it should be y'all deserve yeah. it you know um gift box what are the uh what are the the free things the media box yeah or, like merch, like press whatever. like merch like, yeah merch. like you want to get merch or you want to make merch no i want it to be sent to me okay yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You want the <laughs> Chanel advent calendar that everybody said was so bad. Spitting up PR boxes. That's what called. PR boxes. PR boxes. D, baby. Yes. D. Yes. D. No, but Gloria, a crucial, crucial conversation and complication. Um, yeah. I feel like I can always rely on you for that. To play devil's advocate on my own point. Also, but fun fact, did you guys know that in the Vatican, this is actually kind of related, that there is somebody called the devil's advocate that is there to do that job? Yes. I recently learned that and I was like, mind blown. Like, it was 0.01 points to Catholicism. Like, one thing they've done right. <laughs> Just, That's so cool. They've done a bunch of other things right. But truly, I was like, there is a devil's advocate. But anyway, <laughs> and you know, just like in um, you know Ooh. college precept, that's a white man. Cacos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, y'all, I was going to make this point, which was going to be that I guess the devil's advocate. If we know that capitalism is going to infiltrate everything, step one, best step is trying to get rid of it from everything. But step two, is it? better that at least this beginning uh, place of exploitations at least distributed amongst among more people than say when it was just like the a religion that had a central organizing body and like for instance i point to the catholic church filthy rich mm-hmm. but like is it better that like jane joe and the whatever can sell their crystals online that i can start my own like yoga journey thing online is it better that if everyone is like taking advantage of the system, is it better that it's more people? <laughs> I think it's got to be, right? I, I think it absolutely has to be. Does it make it harder to take down if it's not concentrated? Absolutely, right? <laughs> like if we have to take down like Jane and Joe on Etsy as well as <laughs> Beast Cheese, as well as Big Bad Beezabs, absolutely. <laughs> who during the christmas time i was calling or do you know like do you know santa baby for some reason like santa bezos got stuck in my head santa bezos wow (laughs) it came to me and i was like wow i've just lived in this society for too long (laughs) wait that just like came out of your head you didn't like see a youtube gloria you could be so rich You could be the new TikTok sound. Oh my god, if you I made a jingle for over, that. Exactly, you could have taken over TikTok during the holidays. Oh my god. Nobody I can't release this podcast till next year now. Sorry, Beth. Santa Bezos is the intellectual property of Gloria oh, and Gloria alone. Yeah, so you had it here fast. I will sue you. <laughs> it's uh, Amazon's next holiday jingle. Gloria, anti capitalist, <laughs> also extremely litigious. She just, she will sue you. One thing about I, I, Gloria. I will sue you. She will sue you. <laughs> And the amount of times I've been told, like, are you sure you don't want to be alive? Just like, no, I don't like the hours, but I will. <laughs> but I will fight you on everything else. Excellent. But anyway, so I think this is a phenomenal place to come into our last section. I think we've talked about it enough, kind of answered questions, but more importantly, we've created more questions. Right, and with that, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our final section. We're back uh, with our final section, uh, which is aptly named Brains, Brawn, and Beef. And Eos, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a creation of um, my brain, uh, my brawn, my beef. 
Um, brains, brawn, and beef is, you know, it's just like a pick one kind of thing. Um, basically, where we ask our lovely guest to uh, pick either brains, brawn, or beef. And brains is recommendations. So give our listeners, of which there are many, um, uh, some sort of like reading recommendation, music, tea, anything like random obsessions, anything you can think of that you would like to push on to our audience. Ooh, um, okay. Brawn is give us a flex. Like, what are you proud of recently? What is giving you joy? Um, what things can we hype you up about? Love All it. Sort of lo- like, what did you go to the group chat to be like, praise me? Um, that yeah. sort of thing. And then there's beef. What got the thumbs up? Yes. <laughs> um, and then there's beef, which is what or who are you beefing with right now? Institutions, Ooh. hair dryers, weather, people, ideas, whatever you want. What oh, you I love that. Girl? Oh my gosh, I love every single one of those. Um, I do have a critique. Do all of them, if you're so interested, but I might, I might edit that out. I might. I do have a small critique though of the oh. kind of bit of it to begin with. Um, oh. Can beef be? Can the choice of beef be you giving a cow fact? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that actually is like a really good option. Like if the guest doesn't have something to say. You yep, could yep. give a cow fact in place of their I like that. of their contribution. Um, oh, it can be a cow story too. You, it could be stories as well. But anyway, so uh, Beth, do you? Yes. Okay, since put one in the hat, we could we could put one in the hat. You could choose. You know. No. So if Eos has done a beef, I think I do have a brains and a brawn. Um, yeah. So my and I'm sorry if I'm deviating from from oh, you can this this is not structure to be on topic. This is okay. Fabulous. So my brains is my my recommendation is um, a TV show that has truly been a um, a salve to my soul. Ooh. Salve, salve. Um, it's just been a balm. It, I I wash it. I watch it. A balm. Thank you. <laughs> and my brain goes smooth like and and it feels so nice to just look at and it's good it is um the country music star trisha yearwood's food network show (laughs) trisha yearwood um famously responsible for the contemporary classic song she's in love with the boy and also wife of country legend garth brooks they are unproblematic king and queen uh she was recently well insofar as she was invited to the white house to talk with dr jill biden about their christmas cooking traditions they're like democrat as hell they're cute as crap and she makes a buffalo chicken dip (laughs) that looks like it would cure cancer like (laughs) the joy that i get <laughs> exactly. Um, the joy I receive from watching this woman like make cinnamon roll pancakes is just—it's it, it, oh, like so. It's got the appeal of like a, a barefoot Contessa Ina Garten, but kind of without the um, the like class distinctions. Mm. Like you know, she's like filthy stinking rich because she's. Trisha Yearwood and like a very successful artist and her husband is like very successful as well but she's like 
obviously using like I can't believe it's not butter to like get her (laughs) scrambled eggs going you know there's like a hominess and a relatability that you wouldn't necessarily expect which makes it so nice so that's my brains my brawn is I am actually a master's student in uh middle eastern studies at the university of chicago (laughs) period and no um I study uh the art history of ancient egypt um and this quarter, this is my second day of my winter quarter, um, and I had a class that I was actually really nervous about today. It's called Embodiment in Greek Art, um, and it's about Greek Sorry. stuff. No, I yeah. didn't mean to scream. <laughs> Ow. It's about I Greek stuff. That. You really spiked the levels there. <laughs> Yeah, like, I leaned all the way into my money. No, that's my favorite. Before that, I'm just like, please. (laughs) I'm so, I am so excited to share this stuff with you, Eos, because it's crazy. It was so, so good today. Um, and my, my brawn is that I was really nervous because I'm just not familiar, like, with Greek art to the extent that probably a Greek art master student would be, obviously, because I studied Egyptian art. Um, but... I was able to like make some really meaningful contributions to my small group today, I think. And it felt really good. And I am like so excited to keep going to class and stuff. Oh, I'm That's so my happy brawn. for you. That's yeah. Look at that. Like, first of all, congratulations. Your brawn is just being a master's student, you know, Thank at you. Chicago. It's Nicola. not. It's not. Yes, it is, baby. Um, so, like, kudos to you. But also, Thank yay, you. Greek art. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited. I'm really I'm so excited about the stuff for, we're going to talk about. Like, like you had a handle on things yeah yeah and i mean we're like reading the iliad and like i'm scared about it but it'll be okay yeah you'll be fine yeah some guy wrote it so i wait uh, what translation are you reading because there's this really cool translation uh from that woman (laughs) dr elizabeth something that i have yet to read oh we're reading the emily wilson odyssey we're reading the like just translated by a woman Wait, Odyssey. No, I think that's the one. Yeah, and I'm I love that translation of the Odyssey. It is she's so cool. It's so bomb. Yeah, it's the first one written in iambic pentameter. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E- e- when Eos and I talk about ancient stuff, I'm Gloria so and our other friend Sarah, Sarah, because Sarah too, yeah. <laughs> just go like immediately Their eyes to just rest. Glaze over. Yeah, Gloria, they take like a mini nap, and they Gloria, deserve I think that. Gloria, your eyes brain were was just very closed. smooth. Uh, the brain was real, 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 real smooth. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I'm like interested enough, but the I don't have enough rest. knowledge. But I also don't want to do any work, so it's like this really for sure tough place to be. For sure. <laughs> Well, so like, I don't dream so of labor, but also labor could have been helpful here. <laughs> so, really oh, my God. What nuance, Gloria. I'm obsessed <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> I don't dream of labor, but it could have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, most of my life. I'm just, like, no, not super keen on it. That personally. is the human condition. That is the human condition. It's, like, could have helped, probably, but, yeah. You know. And instead, I feel like I should invest my time in making a podcast. I think that's more useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have nothing that you're beefing with? Um, uh, I mean, my uh, upstairs neighbor um, walks around like they wear size 17 men's Jordans. Um, (laughs) 
at two thirty in the morning, and that I is four size sixteen. Listen, <laughs> real loud footsteps. Yeah, really. Legitimately oh Did their shoes weigh like twenty pounds? Because they were, they're, they're not that heavy. People just have like very heavy footsteps. I've known little girls with size six feet uh, just like clumping about i was like what are you squishing under your feet every time that's exactly what it is and she sounds like a troll (laughs) yeah i was like what's up with that it's so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable i wake in the like to to the degree that like things shake like my lamp next to my bed will be shaking and like also to an extent i'm like that person should be able to live their lives right like that person should be yeah, able to like, like you didn't do anything wake up but also can you fix it yeah exactly <laughs> but the circumstances that we're living in is that we're in this like old cheap chicago apartment where like we have to kind of work together to make spaces are there, are there livable um hardwood floors or is it carpet? yes hardwood floors which is lovely for you. Beautiful, but awful gorgeous. An upstairs neighbor. Exactly. Exactly. So that if I if I have to choose beef, I do believe that's my beef. That's a good beef. Thank you. I like that. Thank I think you. That's well, ladies, thank you so much. I think this brings oh us to an end of so much longer yes. than anticipated, but every second just like more lovely than the last, honestly. I adore you too, and I'm so honored that you had me on today. Yeah, we'll try to do this twice a month. This is part of our New Year's resolution. We're trying this commitment bit. We'll see how long it lasts. Fabulous. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Beth, for being a phenomenal, phenomenal fast guest. Oh, no yeah. doubt repeat guests. Yeah. I mean, you'll yes. be getting your, you'll be getting an invite back. Thank you sure. so much. I have and so much stuff I want to talk to you all about. So that's Absolutely. good. And thank you, Eos, for being at the helm with me. I feel like you've slowly moved up into being 50% again. So congrats. Thank you so <laughs> Big oh. day for you. Look at me sharing the marble. Um, I know. Thank you, Beth. And thank you, Gloria, for letting me be a part of this. And letting me take y'all on some tangents. A lot of tangents. We've been driving you. I'm exhausted. Money, <laughs> yeah. If you're driving, I'm going to buckle right in. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go on that tangent. Thank you, baby. Uh, And thank you, our many, many listeners. Thank you to all of you. We'll talk to you again very soon. Bye.